Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the annual spectacle that is the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Andy, and I've been a Eurovision addict since, hmm, 1976. And I'm Ryan, and I've been a Eurovision addict since, what, like, 2019, maybe? But who's the biggest addict of between us these days? Good question. My Spotify is pretty eurovision It is. <laughs> And you definitely know more about Melfest than I ever do. Well, this isn't a Melfest podcast, though. Uh, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn it into one, but yeah. it's not one. Let's not say who's in the lead. <laughs> Tied at the moment. I think so. So what episode are we on? We're only on episode 11. Only episode 11? That's mm, pretty yeah. special. I feel like we've done pretty well. I think so. Now, we haven't got a podcast shout-out this episode. What have we got instead? <laughs> You've got a question for me, haven't you? Oh, God, yeah. I can't remember what the question was. What? Oh, <laughs> What kind of act would you like to represent the UK in 2023? 20, 23. <laughs> 23, yeah, well done. I got it wrong. <laughs> 2023 act, right, let me tell you. I've got two words for you. Oh, he's clapping already. <laughs> Tick tock. That's all I need to say. They've got to be someone who is on social media already doing their own music. They need to be regularly doing videos on TikTok and they need to have a good Instagram following. That's all that matters. That's my view. Oh, okay. I would like a band of some sort. Who would you? Yeah, maybe like, not a rock band, but just an, like a, a group of best friends that now oh, play music. A bit like McFly. Yeah. Actually, maybe, yeah. A bit like McFly. Really? Something like McFly. McFly are a bit obvious though, aren't they? Surely. No. <laughs> I mean, remember when Iceland went full sexy rock band with that group? Was that with the Angle Grinder? Usually, yes. Whatever that group was called, where they were full sort of like sex dungeon. Words. Oh God, no, the S and M one. Yes, <laughs> not that. No, no, no. You don't mean that. You mean like friendly. I think you mean like yeah, band. yeah. Okay. Are they on TikTok already? Have they got followers? Otherwise, I'm not interested. <laughs> I feel like they do. I feel like they're they're yeah. They're already established. Yeah. It's essential. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so is that the end of the UK entry chat? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. You want someone who's been on TikTok and I just want McFly. <laughs> now, anyone who hasn't listened to our podcast before, this is how it works. We play seven songs from seven different categories from Eurovision yesteryear. What are the first three, Ryan? So the first three are time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. What are those periods? <laughs> those periods are 2010s to present day, 90s and noughties, and 80s to the beginning of the contest. So which of those categories is the easiest to find songs for 2010s to present day wrong <laughs> 90s and noughties because my eurovision heyday is the noughties i can always pick have we ever picked anything from the 90s from 90s to noughties possibly not gina <laughs> mm. g is going to come up soon enough though right why has gina g not been in it sooner than this it feels like a travesty it's almost like a, <laughs> a national disaster even though she's australian we're building we're just like building her up are we building to, up to we'll, we'll have a, hot, a special Gina G episode. <gasps> That's a good idea. <laughs> Brilliant idea. So we've talked about the first three categories. The second three are a UK entry. Then we have our Bridesmaid Award for a song that came second in the final. And finally, the Juice Award. 
so named because of the, an amazing group, Juice, who performed I Need You in 1995 and didn't get through. Beaten by Love City no, Groove. No, don't say that. Sorry, name. I forgot. <laughs> Beaten by that travesty of a fake rap group. Anyway, mm. basically... Juice were awesome. The other thing wasn't... Yeah, but the point is, it's a song that was in the national selection for any country, but it didn't get to Eurovision. And I think we're going back to Sweden again this episode. I think we're going back to Sweden again. Yeah. Yeah. We can't help it. We're going back to Sweden in normal life as well next year. Yeah. Yay. And then we hand over to the randomizer. And the randomizer is a chaos monkey. And we'll pick something that we don't want to play. Yeah, last <laughs> episode, it picked one which was just the song on from a song it had chosen weeks ago. Mm, the randomizer likes to live in the from very 1959. Jeez. Evil. Anyway, if you're on board for these seven songs in seven different carefully selected categories, it's time for that familiar anthem. What's the first song of the pod, Ryan? <laughs> so the first song is the 2010s to present day. And what have we got? Well, we've gone back to 2014. We've chosen a song from Belarus, despite their Russian connections. Let's forget about that for now. We have chosen the song Cheesecake by Teo. Just be- 
So that was Teo with cheesecake.、Mm. What did you think? I think it's a lot of fun. It is, isn't it? It's a lot of fun. It's got like that little bit of boy band vibe to it, even though it's not a boy band. But can I just say something? It's really, really sexy. Even though none of the singers, including Teo, <laughs> are sexy, it's because they perform it so confidently. Yes, and they can dance. And it just shows that if you portray confidence, then it's sexy.、Mm. That's what they say, isn't it? Like you don't have to be really good looking if, you, as long as you're confident who you are, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what? You need better hair. <laughs> <laughs> you're still coming for him. Yeah, his hair is very high. He's quite chipmunky. And I don't know. Are there just not good-looking men in Belarus? Because I didn't find any of the other men attractive.、Either. Well, we don't know where they were from, so we can't comment on. They probably that, drafted in from Moscow. They look like they were having a jolly good time. <laughs> a jolly good time. <laughs> Now I should say about this song. This was a favourite when we watched it back in 2014, and my son particularly loves it, and he still talks about cheesecake and still. Thinks it's one of the best songs that ever was. My favourite bit is the bridge where they actually he does the movement across the stage. Spaghetti legs. legs. Spaghetti legs. <laughs> That's what he does. He does spaghetti legs. Spaghetti legs. <laughs> yeah, so Teo with his spaghetti legs, <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot of fun. Do you know what his real name is? Steve. Steve. I, I want him to be called <laughs> Steve now. He's called Yuri Vashchuk. Oh no, he's not. That was one of the writers. Let's, let's <laughs> go again. <laughs> He's called. Oh, he is. It's Yuri. I got it right. <laughs> Do you know how he got the name Teo? No. Well, he just put the letter T into Google, and you know how you can just let it see what words come up. One of the words that came up in the list in Google when he was doing this in Belarus was just T E O. He said, "Oh, that would be a good name." So he chose it. That's not good. <laughs> an autocomplete name. That's lazy. Very lazy. <laughs> Maybe this is something we don't know about him. Someone with spaghetti legs isn't that lazy. No, exactly, and he can dance. He can really dance. And he's got good vocals as well. He has vocal. Yeah, live. The flourishes were really good. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, he showed passion for music in his early childhood. <laughs> <you know? laughs> he won his first music competition, and、um, which is called Scylla. No idea what that was. And he also was the winner of the TV program in Russia, probably Zamaya Rostan. He was、wow. the head Zamaya Rostan. He was the Rostan. He had all the Rostan awards. <laughs> But yeah, it wasn't until 2014 that he represented Belarus in Eurovision. What position did it come? Well, I know because he performed second. Well, yeah, you know he didn't win because <laughs> no one from second has ever won.、Um, What position? Nineteenth. I'm sorry. Nineteenth.、Mm-hmm. So rude. You outdid him of three places. He was sixteenth. <laughs> he made out like he was going to be top five. He should have been top five.、Uh, I will give you that. Still angry. Been,、yeah. Still angry. Eurovision running order has such an impact on your final place. I think. Yeah. How many points did he get? Forty-three. Only forty-three points. I think he, he got forty-three points. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon he got loads from the UK. I'm going to check. So the points. No surprises. Twelve of them were from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Eight was from Armenia, seven from Azerbaijan, six from Ukraine. So basically, if you weren't near Russia, you weren't voting for him. I would have happily given him twelve points. I think if the song would have been about sticky toffee pudding, we probably would have voted a bit more for him. What do you think? 
Yeah. Now, my favourite fact about Cheesecake, the song by Teo, is that originally it had Google Maps trying to escape. <laughs> Google Maps trying to escape from his girlfriend. So what does he change it to in the song? All the maps. Oh. The problem with all the maps was that in our household, it became all the maps to escape. We somehow read that as Napswine Cheesecake. We always called this the Napswine Cheesecake song. <laughs> and I don't know why, because it doesn't really make sense. But mm. that sh- fatal change of all... Because of the way he pronounces things. I mean, you've also got that bit about I'm not Patrick Swayze and you're not Jennifer Grey. Rude. Mm, you implying that you're both, both munters. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sexy, neither are you. Let's have a let's, crack let's at this. Let's have a go anyway. <laughs> it's not very sexy as an introduction, is it? No. no. But we like it. It's Belarus. Yeah, it's fun. It's not my favourite Belarusian song. What is? Oh, you you asked a silly question then. Or do I need to wait for that to come up in a later episode? I think you do. But um, it's a song that didn't get past the semi-finals. So when we get to do that category... Yeah. I think when we open up to semi-finals, we're going to have a floodgate of... It's going to be a whole... Not a world of pain. It's going to be a healing process. All the things that didn't get through semi-finals. Word of warning, we'll be replacing our bridesmaid category with semi-finals category at some point in the future or is it the uk entry (laughs) no we've got loads of uk to go good okay fear not dear listener we have now got the 90s and noughties category and we have birgitta hackdahl singing what open your heart for iceland in 2003 Yes. 
That was Birgitta Haukdal, no less, singing Open Your Heart for Iceland in 2003. Now, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know I'd done this. I've actually selected two songs from 2003 for this episode. Oh, I thought you were going to apologise for singing the whole thing, so I didn't actually hear the song. Like, when we watch it, I've just had Andy's version of it. <laughs> Open your heart, show me the way, show me who you are. I might (laughs) You have my blessing to play me singing along to it later on If you really want to As an extra, an extra Stay stay around at the end of the show (laughs) Yes, apologies dear listeners I do like this song rather a lot Mm. I do like 2003 rather a lot But I believe it's the one you had in the car On the CD You remember that story Yeah, I know, I'm sorry We're boring (laughs) you with this story But obviously 2003 is my favourite year Mm. I don't know why How old was I at the time? 31, is that a special year? I don't know, but that certainly was an important point for me in my Eurovision history. Mm. So, (laughs) you know what I think. What do you think? I really enjoyed it because it's got that sort of soft rock pop, that that really little sweet spot where the two sort of meet in that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you think it's of the time? Do you think it's about 2000, that sort of time as well? I think so. Yeah. Maybe a little bit too late, but Eurovision on time sort of thing yeah (laughs) it reminds me very much of one of my favorite songs which is from iceland as well which is if i had your love by selma which didn't get through the semi-final it will be on this show at some point it's got a similar sort of pop rock sensibility and really brilliant strong vocal Mm. and a really attractive singer and singers don't have to be attractive but she is attractive Mm. i don't often say this about women but she's got a bud a bud a bud gum (laughs) A bud gum. A good bum. A good bum. <laughs> well, she had a tight white flared low rise hipster. Do you know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of Celine. The same sort of similar outfit. You know, she was in her white slinky mm. stuff. Yeah. Now, what about the flower gimmick? She had flowers on a mic stand. Well, it looked like she had a loofah attached to her mic stand. <laughs> And then towards the end, she untied them and it was like the saddest cheerleader in the world oh, with the pom poms. And then she just dropped them. I know. Like, they didn't do anything. No. It was it, a lot of effort for nothing. Yeah, the they could have become fireworks or sparklers. But they needed or to something. have a sparkler element in them or something, Especially didn't they? Especially, everyone if... needs to take a note from a drag queen with the reveal. Thank you. <laughs> she needed a reveal. <laughs> she needed a reveal. Yep. I would also say, or a ready to do so. She needed a ready to do so. <laughs> if you're going to sing from song one, you need a ready to do so. You need mm. to be ready. Basco. <laughs> <laughs> You need to be ready to burn the house down and boots, no. Mama. Yes, God. <laughs> or <laughs> she didn't have enough. No, singing from first that was tough, so tough. Who did singing but from you... first really well the other year? El Diablo woman. She did brilliantly singing first. They put good songs singing first. Back then, I think it was completely potluck, but now they choose them. Cypress Lady, El Diablo. Mm. Yeah. Do you know which UK entry sang first and won? <sighs> Quick quiz, Lulu. Lulu. Did Lulu win? Lulu. She did win, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But it was equal first for three other countries, so it doesn't really count. Oh, okay. No, I don't know who came. It was Brotherhood of Man. Save your kisses for me. First song of the night. Oh, so... First at the gate. Get it done. Yeah. Get the beers in. They're in the green room having a great time. You've got to do it again, though, afterwards, haven't you? So you've got to sober up Well, you've got quite a long time to wait, you know. Well, back then it wasn't that long, was it? No, not as long, certainly. Do you want to know a bit more about Birgitta Haukdal? Yes, I don't even know where it came Oh, have a guess. Tenth. Eighth. Okay. 
I was kind of like, well, at least she wasn't forgotten, but she needed more points than that. She only got 81 points. Oh, gosh, that's that's not many to be on that side of the table. Exactly. But honestly, such a good year. I would have had her easily top three. So she won the Icelandic national selection, and the song at that point was called Segu Me Alt, which I imagine means open your heart in Iceland. Apologies to any Icelandic speakers for my pronunciation. Birgitta was the lead vocalist of the pop group Irafar, which was one of the most popular bands in Iceland in the early 2000s. And they had Iceland's fastest selling pop album, which reached platinum, which doesn't happen in Iceland, apparently. And that was in 2002, an album called Skifan. No idea what that means. Probably sexy white booty. something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the only time that Birgitta has tried her Eurovision look. She also sang a song in 2006 which was called Picture of You in a duo with Magni Asgiersen. And she also reached the finals of the Icelandic qualifying for Eurovision 2008 with the song Nunavit Egg. In 2013, she tried once again. That's the latest time she tried. And the song was called Medal and Dana. And here's a bit of that now. So hopefully Birgitta will be back for another try, her fourth try. The problem is, when do you stop trying? Because it gets a bit embarrassing, doesn't it? When it starts being fun. Okay, well, we'll come back to that point for our Juice Award later <laughs> in the episode. We are now moving on swiftly to our 50s to 80s category. And who have we got? We've got Theatre by Katja Epstein. And who was she representing? Germany in 1980. We're going right back. We are. <laughs> Stück Glückseligkeit, 
ist nur Theater und ist doch auch Wirklichkeit. Theater, das Tor zur Fantasie. So that was Theatre or Theatre by Katja Epstein back in 1980. Now, you already saw that this came second, so we could have also had it in our bridesmaid slot, but we've mm-hmm. chosen something else. What did you make of that? I can't get over the nightmare fuel of it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean nightmare fuel? The, so she's on the stage with four sort of mime guy artists. Yeah. And they're a lot. They're too much. Too much for me. Really? They creep me out. Okay. And one of them, the one that's the most behind her is the most into it. And it just... The thing that I I think the thing that I tr- I struggle with the most is that they're all out of sync from one another, okay. and they're all trying to do like little movements, little movements, but none of them, are, not two of them, are doing it at the same time. I would argue they weren't trained mime artists; they just put the makeup on for the night. So mime appropriation, exactly, it's even worse. It should be stamped out. <laughs> Now, what I want to say about this is that it's very cabaret by Candor and Ebb. It could easily have been included in that film, that musical. Mm-hmm. Um, it has that same feel. And of course, it's got the German language in it. It's actually the German entry. And of course, cabaret is kind of a... It's about the Germany of the 1930s from an American perspective. And what I do like about the mime artistry of it is that it's um, it's the gender fuckery of... That's tw- two episodes in a row where we said gender mm-hmm. fuckery. <laughs> Of the MC in Cabaret. It's mm. it's that thing of like, you're not going to see my true self, my soul. And that's also what the song's about. Do you want to know some of the English lyrics? I just thought that we needed four of them. Okay. That was too much. Go on then, tell me what the English lyrics are. They put a mask on every evening and they play the role they have to play. They have sold their hearts to the theatre. They're standing up there and those below look at them. There are kings, beggars, clowns in the footlight. But how it looks deep inside them, you can't see. You can't see, Ryan. Hmm. Theatre, theatre, the curtain opens and the stage becomes the world. Theatre, theatre, it's like an intoxication. And it's only the moment that counts. Like a burning fever, like a piece of happiness. A long-forgotten dream comes back to life. Theatre, theatre, hated and loved. Heaven and hell at the same time. It's quite deep, isn't it? Well, heaven and hell at the same time is very much what's happening on stage. Because she's doing a cracking good job. You know, she's like, she? the vocals are really good, but those four guys are just... We like her Fucking it up all much. over the place. Would you like to hear about Katja Epstein or not? Let's go for it. Well, you know that she came second with this song, Tieta, mm-hmm. in 1980. But I don't know if she tried to go be in Eurovision again. Oh, you don't? <laughs> well, this is actually her last of three occasions. Oh, OK. She? Yeah. Previous two times, how did she do? Fifth and ninth. Well, she came third in the previous two attempts, twice. So oh. she's come third, third and second. Oh. What does that make her? A fifer? <laughs> <laughs> I love how you did maths as the answer. No, it makes her the most successful artist at Eurovision who has never won the contest. Ooh, yeah. good fact. Here's a good fact, isn't it? Good old catchy Epstein. Top three, three occasions. You can't really beat that, can you? 
She's from Gierlandorsch in Germany, but that's actually now Gierniakow in Poland. I've said that wrong, probably, but <laughs> now you her birthplace is in Poland. What else do we know about Katja Epstein? Who beat her back in 1980? Oh, wow. I have no clue. You do. <laughs> I wasn't even born. That's... Cliff. I, oh, no, oh, can it's I not just say Logan, is it? Yes, it is. Ugh. But I hate that excuse on quiz shows. I wasn't born. Oh, I, I don't, don't know. Born. I don't know. Things didn't exist before I was born. I know more about things that happened before I was born than I do about things since. Can I, I just say that? I don't. Well, I bloody do. Well, I don't. Well, you should do more research. <laughs> I don't know what happened last week, let alone... Oh, I don't know what happened last week. <laughs> <laughs> don't quiz me about that, sweetie. So that was Catch It Epstein singing theatre in 1980. And it is a Eurovision favourite. All the fans know that one. They'll be like, yay, it's a bit of Katya. Katya. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod? Or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens, where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. As we come back from the break... I was very surprised to see on Spotify the other day there was a list of Javine Hilton songs. <laughs> Not among them was this song, which we're going to play as part of our UK entry slot. What is it? It's Touch My Fire by Javine, who represented the UK in 2005. Let's hear it. Touch my fire. Touch my fire. Oh. 
So while watching Javine singing her heart out to Touch My Fire, we arrived at our episode title, didn't we? Yes. What is it? Early Doors. Exactly, because she sang second. She was unfortunate she had a second placing, just like Teo. We also heard from Birgitta Hauptdahl earlier, who sang from the first position. So these, a lot of these songs are all from early in the contest. Mm, get it out of the way. Well, I know, but get it out of the way and everyone forgets you. Well, yeah. Yeah, unless you're Brotherhood of Man. But as we said, fewer entries then. What did we think of that performance by Javine? I think it was ahead of its time, to be fair. I yeah. think if that if that was like mid-2010s, that probably would clean up. Do you think? Yeah. It was tight. It was good. The vocals were on point. I'm, all the things. Yeah. I but, mean, she was a good singer, Javine. Um, she was famously the sixth... <laughs> Wait, this is news to me though. I did not know this. I just thought she was Javine. Yeah. That she was the person who was sixth place getting into Girls Aloud. So let's see if we can name them. We have Nadine. Nadine. (laughs) Nadine Coyle. And you have Kimberly Walsh. Mm. You have Cheryl. She's just Cheryl now, isn't she? No other name. Nicola Roberts. Mm. And the dear departed Sarah Harding. There we go. Wow. I I could not have done that. I did well, didn't I? And then you had Javine, who should have been in Girls Loud. And when they were announcing who was going to be in the band Mm. in Pop Stars The Rivals, I was astonished that she wasn't in it. Mm. Astonished. And I thought, is this racist? Because she's the only black black girl there and she didn't get in. Well, it's the UK voting on something. So, so of course, it was racist. (laughs) But just to say on that, have you any idea which person I called for on the night when Pop Stars The Rivals was on? I called seven times for one person to be in the group. Seven? Seven times. I was obsessed. Bloody hell. I know. It's, it's a sad admission, but I did this. Wow. Who did I want to be in I'm the not, group? No, I can't get over this first. You voted <laughs> seven times. I did. Did you actually call the number and listen to I the message? I think it might have been quite a long time ago. Well, it was quite a long time. It was like 2003 So you had to, you couldn't like send a text message? I don't think so. I think online. I had to keep dialing. I mean, if you've had to keep doing the turny thing, no, that was... Run down that. to the post office. Yes. Or to the phone box. <laughs> You voted seven times. <laughs> Not gay, though. But who did I vote for? If you get it right, I don't know what I'm going to offer you. I have no idea. I, seven times. All for one person. Mm-hmm. Sarah? No. Not Cheryl? No. Nadine? No. The one that was on Strictly? Kimberly. Kim- is that I one? voted seven times for Kimberly Walsh. Bloody hell. I know. <laughs> I've always had a bit of a thing for Kimberly Walsh. Always my favourite member of Girls Loud. You've learnt something new about me. <laughs> I still remember she was wearing a long pink skirt and I was like... Well, this is one. why Javine didn't get in. She's the one she for me. She voted for her seven I know, times. I'm annoyed about Javine not getting in, but I voted for Kimberly So this is guilt. Wow. <laughs> so we're unpacking guilt on the podcast today. I'm sorry. I feel really bad now. Seven times. Five wasn't enough. No. Two more times. Seven. Let's just be sure she's going to get in because she's not the strongest singer. Anyway, what was a surprise to me? You've been surprised that I voted for Kimberly Walsh seven times to be in Girls Aloud. What surprised me was that Javine had a career before this. 
she had a whole album before she did this for Eurovision. I thought they'd given her this Eurovision gig as a sop because she didn't get into Girls Aloud. But no, she had a whole album called Surrender in 2005. So the song that we had on in the kitchen yesterday yeah. when we were cooking was that Never before or after ever this? before, before. See, I didn't know this. I knew the song, but I didn't know that, that this was her. I hadn't made the connection. I'm horrified. So I knew that she was quite a, a well-established pop artist. I'm going to pretend to be horrified. As if that makes up for the fact that As I voted I for Kimberly for seven, seven times. times for a member of Girls Aloud. <laughs> I feel like you're re- reassessing everything. Well, you're the reason that Javine didn't get in to no, Girls Aloud. No, not, because I didn't vote for any of the others. Those could have been seven votes for her. She might have missed the group by one <gasps> I really vote. I hope not. I feel really bad if that's the case. So her album was released after her third single in the summer of 2004. But the album only just managed to get into the UK albums chart. There, that's why I don't remember it. But she was so good. She was so... the She was the best singer in, who didn't get in Girls Aloud. I feel I should leave the Girls Aloud thing behind now because I feel partly responsible for her failure. I think you need to take on this responsibility. You've been avoiding it for so long. Yes. Yeah. Seven times. More importantly, who was she up against to get to Eurovision in 2005. Probably Katie Price. Katie Price. Yeah. <laughs> Can we hear, hear a little bit of Katie Price? Was it Katie Price? It was Katie Price. <laughs> <laughs> a pregnant Katie Price in a pink jumpsuit with a terrible song, which we're going to hear a bit of now. Oh, dear. Not only did she beat Katie twice, yeah. but she also beat Andy Scott Lee and someone else who's a Eurovision legend. Who might that be? <gasps> it was Gina G, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, G. no! <laughs> we could have had Gina G again. We could have had Gina G. But honestly, she did really well. Javine could have, couldn't have performed that better. Brilliant vocals. Yeah. Brilliant performance. It was only because it was second. Here we go. Early doors. No votes. Dems the rules at mm. Eurovision. I also think the reason is that Helena Paparizzi, the Greek entry who won with my number one, was wearing that similar Greek outfit and it was later in the running order. It was like 18th or 19th. It was remembered. It kind of expunged the idea of Javine from your mind by that point. Mm. And it was a similar dress and she had more gimmicks. There wasn't enough gimmicks for Javine there, was there? Lack of gimmicks. That's a problem. We need the reveals. We need reveals. We need things that do things. We need things that do things. (laughs) We're sorting out Eurovision for you. Aren't you grateful? We're doing the research. If people take note, they will win. They will. Or they'll at least get... They'll get at least 81 points in 8th place. Yeah. And go down in history in the gay bars. <laughs> That's all you want, really, That's all you want. It? It's all you want. <laughs> so we now come to our Bridesmaid Award. This is the song that came second in Eurovision. We're going back to 2003. Again. This, I know, sorry. This was the Belgian entry from that year. This is Sanomi by... Urban Trad.
That was Sanami by Urban Trad. Now tell me, what language was that in, Ryan? Oh. Now last time we had three Belgian songs, including Ukraine? our outro. Ukrainian? Yes. No. And it was in Dutch last time, wasn't it? Oh. It's not Dutch. It's not Walloon or French, the national languages of Belgian. What is that language? Is it the same one that they sang that seven seconds song in? <laughs> I don't know. That, what that made is. up song. Yes! Yes! It's a made-up language. So it is the same. <laughs> it is, yes. It's a made-up language. <laughs> one of several Eurovision songs in a made-up language. Another one is a Mambanda, which is another favourite of mine I'm sure we'll come to in time. Mm. Well, they sold it like it wasn't a made-up language. They did, didn't they? They were very into it. So what did you think? Your first words to me when it started were, this is too much for me. <laughs> Can you unpack that statement for the listeners? <laughs> 
It was just. I think it's because it's not a relaxing listening. It's definitely it's not, not a relaxing relax- listen if I'm singing all the way through to it. <laughs> it's not a relaxing listen and it's not something that I'd put on to chill out to or sing along to. I think that's my parameters of what music I like. It's a bit much. Okay. Is that bad? <laughs> Let's just remember you did vote seven times for a member of Girls Aloud. I don't know what you're talking about. So this came second in 2003, if you remember. Back in 2003, it was one of the closest finishes that ever been in Eurovision. And the top three, there was only a few points between them. We watched it again for Eurovision again, didn't we, the other year? And it was still exciting. Even though I knew Sertab won, I was still terrified as two would win. <laughs> I so didn't want Tattoo to win and somehow time had been warped. But um, Tattoo were third. Then this was one point ahead of Tattoo. And then Sertab was... Two points, I think, ahead of this song. Wow. That's got to be the closest oh, it, finish yeah. in history, right? Unquestionably. Apart from 1991, when they got the same amount of points. Oh, and everyone won. No, no. That oh, was the when, 12s. Car- that was when Corolla won, because she had more 12s. Ah. With, with Captured in a Storm Wind. I can't remember the Swedish title of that. Um, maybe Fangad in End Storm Wind. I thought that sounds suddenly very good. But also, 1969, everyone wins that year. Four winners, including Lulu. Right. Boom, bang, a bang. Can we have a little bit of boom, bang, a bang, please? I'm just in the mood for it at this point. Pepped up by Lulu singing Boom Bang a Bang there. I feel like it's a bit of a detox after that. Wow! <laughs> no, mm. I, no, I haven't said yet. I love that <laughs> so much. Could you tell from how hard I sang it? Yeah, I can understand. It ticks all your boxes. What are my boxes? This sounds like a judgment on me. Slightly Eastern sort of folk. Racist. Lots of odd instruments. What's not to love? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> So what Terry Wogan famously said at the time was, they've got four languages in Belgium and they're singing in an imaginary one. <laughs> the very essence of the Euro. <laughs> well, it's not imaginary because they're well, speaking it into yes, existence. I don't think it's on Spotify, though. Oh, so, shoot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you want some urban trad facts or not? Yeah, let's go for it. There was a bit of scandal surrounding urban trad at the time. Do you want to hear about that? Sure. A few months before the contest, the selectors dropped the singer from Urban Trad, Sotkin Collier, because Belgian security services had said that she had extreme right sympathies in the past. Um, Collier vigorously denied the claims. There was an investigation. It was concluded the accusations were exaggerated and based on outdated information. But to be honest, if she had fascist leanings, extreme right-wing leanings in the past, I'm sorry, I find it hard to forgive her quite honestly. That's why two versions of the song were recorded. One was the standard album version and another without Collier was um, released on the Eurovision Song Contest 2003 album. The very one that was in my car. <laughs> in your car. Did she perform on the night? Yeah, I think the, well, there's two women on stage. The two singers are Veronica Cordesal and Sutkin Collier so maybe, oh, I don't know. So we're not sure if she performed on the night or not. Mm. But there was definitely two women on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And four guys. Yeah. So oh, say... we haven't even talked about the sexy accordionist. No, oh. rather, the accordionist who was trying to make accordionism sexy. Yeah, he was trying to make it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> he 
very, being very seductive with his accordion. He did proper eyebrow raises and everything, and he was like saying, "Look at my accordion; it's big, isn't it?" Yes, I will hypnotize you with my accordion. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt anyone has been hypnotised with an accordion before. It's a bit too bulky for hypnotism, isn't it? And horrible. <laughs> I love accordions. I love an accordion. Yeah, but you vote seven times for a member of Girls Aloud, so... <laughs> I'm not going to be allowed to, to forget this one, am I? This is new information. It changes everything. <laughs> I get that sense. Moving on. <laughs> you could just title this episode, Andy voted for Kimberly seven times. Seven times Bracket. for Kimberly? <laughs> Rude. Uh, it could have been worse. It could have been Cheryl. Exactly. We come to the Juice Award. I need you to go to, to Eurovision. Eurovision. Yay! Awarded to a performer that didn't get to Eurovision, but perhaps should have done. Now, I'm going to leave this firmly in your court because it's Melfest. This is your world. Go for it. So, this is Danny Torcido with Dandy Dancer. Oh. He represents Sweden in 2021. And I have to admit that I'm giving you a hard time for going back to 2003 every time. Yeah. I will always go back to 2021 Melfest and Fair. pick probably most of them.
Thanks, Mike. Danny Saucedo. Very good. Very good indeed. I really enjoyed that. That's a good one, right? I remember watching the Mel Fest first, was it first week? Again, early doors. Yep. Yeah? Yep. And he got through at the final. Mm-hmm. Really good fun. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really fun song. And it's got, um, I think because it was, because it wasn't done in an arena with an audience, yeah. they could be a bit more creative with it. So there's the whole Jamiroquai virtual insanity video set up with the um building like the room moving around so the floor's moving so and then you realize that the the walls are on wheels and you wouldn't have had that set up if it was in an arena with a crowd so actually it was really creative for that reason but also it's just a really fun song yeah really was but having seen some of his previous entries on youtube because we did a bit of research i realized that he's he's probably getting on a bit now which is why (laughs) maybe he wasn't in quite so sexy clothes they seemed a bit baggy and not as tight that's what the kids are wearing these days okay it's all about oversized okay, clothes so androgynous yeah, sort of, it's just yeah. me being cheap a whore <laughs> <laughs> wow because <laughs> we thought in the club in 2011 that was a bit well, i suppose that's quite a few years ago now isn't it like, yeah you got to think what justin timberlake was doing back then yeah i feel like justin timberlake is his like spirit animal <laughs> so he was say spirit animal so, anymore. Uh, no it's okay he was second to eric sade who won with popular in 2011 and we're going to play a bit of in the club in now which was danny saucedo in 2011 for sweden at melfair The most important thing to point out is that they were clashing heads again in 2021. Absolutely. When, oh, Eric Sada was wearing the most horrible costume I can imagine. They were sort of like cricket ones. <laughs> trousers. <laughs> And, and it was a very energetic jumper. dance that he was, he was very really sweaty for. Sweaty yeah. And we saw all the And sweat. he was sort of the favourite to win. Well, he he was sexy, but well, and, not, and the song was good. That. The song was good too. Oh, it's terrible clothes, terrible dancing. I don't know yeah. what's happening there. No, not good. Not, not good. Not good. Another thing that I have to pick up on is the Swedish writing in the background on the boxes and everything. <laughs> Do you know what any of it meant? Well, I saw the LP, so that that would have been a record. <laughs> <laughs> I, put, back, I put those dots together. At the back it said Varg, which is wall. Uh, and on the right-hand side it said Fonster, which is fanster, which is window. Ah, so it was okay. describing the things that were the boxes ah, made of. Nice. Yeah. Well so a bit of my Swedish there well coming done. in. Well done, you're Swedish, Thank yeah. Thank you. Taxamika. <laughs> Taxnella. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so it did hit the Swedish top ten. Mm. Which is good news. Yeah. It only came seventh in Melfest in the final with mm. 74 points, but it earned its place in the final. Um, it was remembered. And I think Danny Saucedo was well known in Sweden as, you know, popular singer. He desperately wants to go to Eurovision, doesn't he? he really does. <laughs> and he's tried quite a few times now. Was it four? Three or four times? So in addition to performing in the club and coming second to Eric Sade, he also was second to Euphoria from the Marine, no less, in 2012. So he went up against two big guns, came second 
each time. So I think it's taken him about 10 years to recover to do it for 2021. I would have thought so after those defeats. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so let's hope he comes back and tries again. Although I think the clothes are going to get more and more baggy the older he gets. Regardless of what the kids are wearing. <laughs> wow. So that was the Juice Award. We now turn our attention to the randomizer. Mm, here we go, randomizer. It's just so dangerous, isn't it? Randomizer is a messy bitch. So what do you think it's going to come up with? What year? I think it's going to be an early one again, and it's going to be something that finished last in the night, just to fuck up with our <laughs> early doors. I know, exactly. <laughs> we want something that's either one or two or three, really, don't yeah. we? But it won't be. No. Because the randomizer knows exactly what we're after, so it'll go completely the other end of the scale. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to go for 2011, because I just don't like 2011. Oof. I want 2015. It's not what you want. It's what you think the randomizer is going to do. The randomizer is going to do 1963 then. Okay. <laughs> Clicking on the button. Here we go. 2018. Ooh. That's a surprise. That's a nice surprise indeed. So how many songs were in the final in 2018? I can't even think of what I want from 2018. Can't remember. So there were 26 contestants in 2018. Which one will it choose? It'll probably pick Fuego because we've already played it. <laughs> yeah, so just a mess with us, let's see. Number 24. Ooh. I thought for a moment that was Fuego, but it's not. So it has gone and fucked up our early doors then, It hasn't has, it? of course it has. <laughs> this is song 24th on the night. But this is Ryan O'Shaughnessy with the song Together. Drifting like two icebergs out on the ocean I was doing all I could to keep you close There were troubles in the water You swore it was nothing You said that we would always stay afloat Why would true love look me in the eye And lie, lie I thought we'd be Till we die 
So I finally feel that although that wasn't an early doors song, that the randomizer has stopped messing with us. That was actually a song that I needed in that moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a gay love song. It's kind of one that we wouldn't necessarily choose, but it's good that it played it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That what a mm. surprise. Yeah, well done, randomizer. Yeah. So it's it's not often we say that. <laughs> so it's probably what is it it's one of those songs where you don't think about it it's not one that stands out yeah for i think mo- a lot of people will remember this one it was it has like the uh, a gay love story in interpretive dance in the staging mm. and i think it was quite controversial at the time wasn't it yeah and i'm sure some bloody countries edited it out yeah they will have gone to an ad break during yeah, this exactly. one probably they shouldn't be allowed to do that they have to play everything or they don't get it i think i think they start to get harsher about that i think they have actually yeah they have recently so it came 16th in the final with 136 points it did much better in the semi-final coming sixth with 179 points but it depends who's in what final and all that Mm. doesn't it yeah i feel like that wasn't a finale for ballads it was very much a fuego toy (laughs) toy fight fight to the death wasn't it yeah (laughs) exactly so sweet little ballads kind of took a back seat that night here we go Ireland's performance was censored during the Chinese broadcast of the contest due, its depic- due to its depiction of a gay couple. This resulted in the immediate termination of the Chinese broadcast rights for the rest of the contest. Yes! Boom! <laughs> That's how you fucking do it! Yeah. No more joy for you, China. <laughs> no, exactly. Brilliant. The dancers were Alan McGrath and Kevin O'Dwyer. They were also in the music video. And this was the first ever depiction of a same-sex couple during the contest's 63-year history. Nice. Yeah. And the dancers said at the time, we've had so many messages from people we don't know and young people saying how much it means to them and how important it is what we're doing. Well, as soon as they walk over the little bridge, the whole crowd is cheering for them, aren't yeah. they? Because everyone knows how important it is as a exactly. as representation. Representation, <laughs> come back to that. When I came out to my mother, she mm. said, a few years ago I wouldn't have been okay, but there was that gay couple on Strictly and that made it easier for me to accept it. Mm-hmm. Representation matters. It does matter. And anyone who's offended by representation... They is not need... going to like Doctor Who coming up. <laughs> <laughs> like Doctor Who coming up, but it just won't like just being kind to people. Ugh, yeah. That's all it's about. It's being kind to people and respecting their decisions, their sexuality, the things that they can't do anything about, the things that make them them. Oh, this is getting a bit... Unless they vote for Girls Aloud seven times. <laughs> Oh, that's that's crossing the line. <laughs> As Claudia Winkleman used to say, on that bombshell. <laughs> Crashing on. Crashing on. <laughs> it's time for us to say goodbye. Oh, I've... are we not talking about um, Ryan at all? Oh, did we not? We haven't talked about oh, Ryan at all. You're just like, done, right, trying to change the subject. Let's find out about Ryan. Born in 92, so he's only 30. Jeez. Wow. Um, from... Lofshinny in Dublin. 
He was in the TV series Fair City for nine years. Gosh, I've heard of that. And he was in the first season of The Voice of Ireland. And he also took part in the sixth series of Britain's Got Talent. Oh, well, finishing fifth. That's maybe why I recognise him. So that's a bit on Ryan O'Shaughnessy. Now then, this is the important bit. We have not got enough reviews on Apple Podcasts. We need some. Please write us a review. If you like us, even if you don't like us, five stars, please. (laughs) Five stars and we'll stop. (laughs) Yeah, we'll stop recording episodes. I feel we should say hello to Ian at some point. Hello, Ian Moody. (laughs) I know you listen. (laughs) Let's see if he gets this far deep. Hopefully he does. Other socials, we are on Insta at Eurovision Queens. And we're also on Twitter at EuroQueensPod. And you can also email us at EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. And if you contact us, we will send you... What will we send them? Our love. Maybe. Let's wait and see. Okay. (laughs) mi la la. Do, 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 do. I've been Andy. What was that? It was Sanomi from Urban Trad. Ugh. I've already won that from my Open your heart. There we go. Show me one. the way. Yeah. You did a lot of Show singers. me who you are. The end. Goodbye. <laughs> Eurovision. I'm trying to be professional, but I feel really drunk. <laughs> Are we too drunk to be recording this? Is it okay? Yeah, fun. <laughs>